to the beautiful butterfly show you guys i am your host bianca fly i want to say welcome 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 everyone and happy happy tuesday to you guys out there hey we are almost in a gear to towards another month so hopefully uh you got those goals and accomplishments um in the works and finishing out strong for the rest of the month uh but nevertheless you guys thank you guys for joining us this evening um as you guys know i love to have poets and writers and authors and all those great um people on the show and so tonight i'm excited you guys we got poet and author andrea kitten perry she's going to be joining us you guys and so I'm excited to have her on the show. I have to tell you guys, uh, in the little time that I've met Andrea, she happens to be one of the funniest people. Like, I live to get on social media and see her post because I'm telling you, no matter what type of day you have it, you go read one of her posts and you are going to be feeling like so much better uh, because she just she just brings things to life and she touches on real topics in a, in a very, very funny way. So I'm excited about having her on the show, you guys. Uh, she is internationally, uh, internationally touring performance poet and motivator, a 2016-2017 Poet of the Year nominee of the Northern California Entertainers Music Awards, and she is the author of Free Poetry, Commentary, and Dialogue of a Free Spirit. So she's going to talk to us about this amazing book and more tonight. So if you're out there, make sure you call in so that you can show her some love and support. And at any time you want to speak with her live on the broadcast, just press 1 if you're already on the line. Or if you're out there, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little commercial break. We're going to pay some bills, you guys. We're going to come back, and we're going to welcome no other than the wonderful Andrea Kitten Perry tonight, you guys. So we'll be right back with more right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everyone. It's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio networks, YRN 1328.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And, of course, uh, as I told you guys, we are welcoming our special guest, poet and author Andrea Kitten Perry, this evening, you guys. So we're going to bring her in so she can tell you all about herself and more. Andrea, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello. How are you doing? Hey, I am doing fantastic. How are you? Awesome. I am great. I am fabulous. I just got through performing at the Black Student Union. Um, They had a a Black History Month event at a local college. So just came straight from Thank you so. <laughs> incredible, incredible. We definitely thank you for making the time to join us over here on the show. And so um, for folks out here who may not know who you are, tell them a little bit about who is Andrea Kitten Perry. I'm just uh, an eclectic soul, a free spirit. I've been writing poetry ever since I was a child, and I always dreamed about publishing my own book and it wasn't until I turned 28 <laughs> a year ago that I actually um, published my book and um, I mean it's been a major accomplishment for me besides that I performed all over um, the country um, at coffee houses uh, bars clubs uh, different events colleges <laughs> um, just pretty much you know everywhere I could um, get and I've just been Doing that since, I would say, about started on my first stage in 2005, like professionally, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. just, you know, expanding and trying to spread love and inspire and entertain (laughs) and make people laugh. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, where did the name um, Kitten, Kitten, where where, where did that come from? Well, um, I actually actually used to tour um, with the Punani Poets, so a lot of people used to think, um, well, if you don't know who the Punani Poets are, that's like an erotic poetry troupe. They did a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, sex education and had the um, special on HBO Real Sex. But um, a lot of people thought it came from that, you know, being like an erotic poet. But really, I mean, it's it's so simple. My older sister's name is Katherine, and for short, we call her Kat. I went to visit her in college when I was younger, and uh, one of her friends just was like, well, that's baby Kat. We're going to call her Kitten. And from everything then, <laughs> it stuck with me. I just put Andrea and Kitten together. So. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, earlier you mentioned making people laugh. And as I was telling someone today, I said, you know, she has to add comedian, like stand-up comedian to her resume. Like, you are the funniest. So, like, just, (laughs) so, like, when I read your post. Then, you know, people are going to be, I feel like dissecting me a little more. If I still, you know, stay true to what I am, a poet, I can be a little funny here and there, but it won't be an expectation, you know? I think you are hilarious, and you, and you have a way of, of discussing real topics and, you know, putting that, that humorous spin on it and so forth. And so delving into uh, the poetry scene and spoken word, what what has been your connection with um, poetry? What made you want to get out here and be able to perform all over? What is it about you, your personal connection with poetry? 
Um, poetry has always been an outlet for me, really. Um, mm-hmm. When I was younger, really, really quiet. I always kept to myself. And all I had was, like, my journals to write in. My mom used to right. write me, um, buy me um, journals from Ross. <laughs> A little different, yeah. you know, creative journals. Uh-huh. And I always it was right. And I think from then it just helped me to, like, express myself and um, really get my thoughts out. So um, I think it's really, like, been a great outlet as far as, like, writing. And then when I first got on stage and uh, figured out that it was amazing and it felt good and people identified with what I was speaking on, it just (laughs) took off from there. Like, I couldn't get enough of it. So just a combination of the two. Awesome, awesome. And and for you, uh, over the time that you've been involved with with writing poetry, who um, are some of your favorites? Who are some favorite poets that you just, you know, anytime, no matter when or where, you love to to read their work or hear their work? Oh, um, well, when I was younger, um, it was Shel Silverstein. He was a, Mm -hmm. a, he wrote a lot of children's books, a lot of. um, Right, yes for children and I had uh-huh. like all of his books um, then I grew a little older it was Maya Angelou and still mm-hmm. to this day um, has been Maya Angelou um, as a grown up a young woman it has been Sonia Sanchez um, she mm-hmm. really opened to a different side of poetry um, just hearing her speak as a revolutionary and as a, a leader in the black arts movement as well as reading her poetry and knowing and finding out about the sensual side to it, that that was okay. Um, Right. That, yeah, inspired me. So I would say um, probably those three. Um, As far as, like, performance poetry, um, I do have a few that stand out for me as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Tamika Georgia Me Harper, who's, like, the queen of spoken word. Absolutely. I, Tamika was actually one of the first um, poets that I ever had on my show. And wow. um, I'm still good friends with her. And she actually just got off of doing um opening tour for Jill Scott. Jill you know, Scott. She, you know yeah. yeah, so it's amazing <laughs> uh, to see. Yeah. You, you know, it's amazing to see what poets can do now. <laughs> exactly. I actually, yeah. when I did, I got my start in Atlanta. And she is the poet that helped me to yeah. travel around the country when I got ready to become awesome. a traveling poet. She mm-hmm. hooked mm-hmm. me up with everyone around the country and let me know, you know, where to go. And so oh, man. mad pop to her. She'll actually be out here yeah. in my hometown tomorrow night featuring. So I'm excited about that. Like things are coming full circle, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is exciting. Yeah, and then let's see, one more, if I could name a um, spoken word artist, I would say um, Archie the Messenger. Um, he's a little underrated, but um, he's a poet right. out in Baltimore, um, and he is just energy, just energy as far as, like, spoken word, truth, energy, um, rawness, realness, uh, just talent is beyond measure like I can't even explain it 
So yeah, right. if y'all don't know him, look up Archie the Messenger. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And, and for you, um, getting out of out and going around, touring around the world, and of course, everybody <clears throat> has their their different subjects that they like to talk about. Um, as a poet, some poets like to stick to um, the political realm where they're talking about pol- politics and so forth, and some are kind of in that uh, Poonani poets range, you know, where it's some sexy, seductive type. And so for you, what are your favorite pieces um, that you enjoy doing? So for me, you know, I've I've written about a, a lot of different topics, um, but right. personally, I mostly write about relationships. <laughs> um, right. Like I would say, love and relationships more so, like uh, different experiences and stuff uh, right. that have to do with relationships. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and so, for you, do you find that you know going it it hasn't been is it therapeutic? Uh, in a way, um, has poetry been therapeutic for you in expressing, you know, different things that you maybe feel or or, or going through at the time? Absolutely. It's absolutely yeah. therapeutic. I mean, just writing out, like, my feelings and my thoughts sometimes helps me to, to cope with life and to, to right. figure out what my right. next move is. So definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and, and and for me, uh, you know, I always give so much respect to poets, um, the spoken word artists, for being able to to step on the stage and perform in front of people. And so, for you, that that first stage that you hit, what was that feeling like for you? Uh, it was a rush. <laughs> um, <laughs> I killed it. So after that, I I felt like I was feeling myself, you know, and I wanted to get on every stage that I could find after right. that. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And, of course, um, over the time, um, you have um, become an author as well. And so talk to us um, about uh, this awesome um, book. Uh, that you have put out um, entitled Free uh, Poetry, Commentary, and Dialogue of the Free Spirit. Uh, what led to the creating process of this book? You said what What about the creating process? I'm sorry. What led um, to the creation um, of this particular book? Um, just wanting to do it for so long. I think I had my book for a long time, but just taking the step of actually publishing it was the hardest step for me. So um, just getting it done, really, I wanted to do it for so long, and I finally pushed myself to get it done, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Man, it's really been a long time coming. It's really been a long time coming. So there's, like, poetry in there, stories, there's jokes. Um, I really joke a lot about my life, you know? And sometimes I laugh. To keep from crying, you know. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely, and, and that's the thing, you know, um, to be able to discuss your life and, and sit back and laugh about it, when, especially in the moments when you really want to cry. You know, life life gets difficult at times, and so 
Um, a lot of times we don't always see the humor um, in things, but, you know, to be able to sit back and, and see the humor inside in things that, that may not, you know, automatically come off as humorous to us. You know, it may be exhausting and a stressful process to us, but low moments when you can sit back and laugh um, are, are kind of the best moments because they help you heal and, and recover from whatever you're going through. Right. <laughs> you're so right. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for you um, in this book, um, and and you uh, refer a lot to being a free spirit. And so for you, what is your definition um, of being a free spirit? Um, I find it to be somebody um, that is, I mean, I don't mean to be redundant, but somebody that's free, you know, with their life, um, able to do whatever they want to do, you know, like mm-hmm. nothing is holding them back. Um, I feel like with me, um, all I want to see is peace, happiness, spread love, you know, um, I'm outgoing. I want to meet different new people. And I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like that's a whole part of being a free spirit and just being spontaneous and not afraid of anything. I don't, like to let fears hold me back, you know, so. Right, absolutely. And and do you think that sometimes, and and often I think that sometimes people think that people who, you know, define themselves as having a free spirit, sometimes people like, oh, you know, they're too wild, they're too rambunctious, you know, they're they're getting out here and delving into anything, but um, it has to be an inner joy or inner peace in being a free spirit because, you don't have to go by or, or live by other standards or what other people think you should live by. Right, exactly. Like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I don't want anything to hold me back, anybody to hold me mm-hmm. back. Like, mm-mm. <laughs> I just don't have time for that. <laughs> Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And so, of course, uh, with this and, and going around to, to different schools and, and so forth and, and touring um, all over the country, uh, what has been that response like from people that you are able to interact and those who have the opportunity to hear some of your poetry? Um, just different responses. Um Sometimes I might, I've had people crying. <laughs> I've had um, <laughs> many people laughing. Um, just many people just you um, seeing their faces in the crowd, they're nodding with approval and um, like, mm-hmm. like they really um, feel the words or can relate to it. Um, I've had, oh my gosh, people telling me their life stories and how mm-hmm. much they, um, related to whatever message I was um, telling on the stage, um, which touched me a lot, you know. So just different reactions for different um, performances or different um, poems that I've shared. But definitely um, (laughs) uh, the most recent that really touched me was probably this um, young woman who um, told me that she had been molested when she was, um, four years old, um, wow. just based off um, a poem that I spit about um, consent. And mm-hmm. that really me because, you know, she was uh, explained that she had never shared that with anyone, you know, 
But now, right. you know, she's living her life. Um, you know, she's engaged and everything, and she's um, certainly moved on, but that had been nothing she ever shared. But she felt comfortable after hearing my poem and just telling me that I was the voice for, you know, people like her um, that have experienced that. So that that was a really – that felt really good. It reminded me of why why I step on these stages and, you know, Right, right, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little short break, uh, but we're going to come back, you guys, with more Andrea Kitten Perry right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. We'll be right back, folks. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child Every now and then I feel her creeping through my memories And I wonder Does she ever think about me? She's got my emotions feeling a little perplexed All because she left She's got me feeling like I'm undeserving Like I'm unworthy of knowing a mother's love but I knew, I knew the moment he ejaculated me into her womb that it was way too soon. That she wasn't ready yet to be the woman I needed her to be. So sometimes, I try not to question why she parted with her unmature seed. She couldn't watch me grow, had no time to sow her love into me. She walked away and never looked back because for her, for her I was a harsh reality. But I still wonder, does she ever think about me? On that one day a year, does my birth bleed through her and disturb her sanctuary? Or is the situation quite contrary? And she feels tranquility because she thinks she did the best by me. When she, when she reads the paper and kids are found dead in the street, does it ever occur to her that that might have been me? Does she play along with the fantasy that I am a motherless child? Does she accept the fact that she wasn't around? And I I think to myself, how can she live with what she did? I feel a little jealous sometimes, wondering, does she have more kids? I ponder the thought, does she keep them? Which brings me to question myself and ask, was it something that I did? But then I stopped because I knew it was way too soon the moment he ejaculated me into her womb that she wasn't ready to be the woman I needed her to be. So I remain a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. 
Sometimes I feel like a motherless child Sometimes I feel like a motherless child Alone way from home Welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly, and that was entitled Motherless Child um, by poet Floetic Flo Malone. Um, And you guys can check out her um, album, uh, Floetic Tears, available on SoundCloud and Amazon. So, of course, this evening, you guys, we are joined by the lovely Andrea Kitten Perry, you guys. And um, I uh, I asked Andrea to share a piece with us um, tonight as well. So uh, what piece have you selected to do for us first tonight? Um, So there's a poem that I wrote called House. Um, It is based on a relationship that I had um, in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to hear something relationship type, but um, if not, I have something else too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we got plenty of time, so you you could you could do more than one. So whatever, whatever whichever one you want to do first, you more than welcome to. Awesome. So um, this one I really really um like this poem. Um, I feel like it explains like a lot of um the relationships that I have been through, like a lot of mm-hmm. the situations I've gone through. It seems like I keep repeating the same cycle over and over. As a lot of times I wear my heart on my sleeve and I just love too much too soon, you know, too yeah. fast. And yeah. um, so this is house. I saw you that summer afternoon at that coffee shop on the west side of town, sipping my white chocolate mocha on my laptop, vibing to the cool music the DJ was playing, eclectic sound, house. We wouldn't play that, house. Let's leave it up to the DJ as he'd replay songs of love and freedom and strength and peace. In that moment, hurt and pain and lies would cease. As I watched you glancing at me from my peripheral side eye, I simultaneously ignored you, not a chance of revealing a wide eye. Yet still, I wouldn't hide eye. Looked up as you approached me, you stumbled when you asked me for the code to the Wi-Fi. And with my reply, somehow you thought I lied. I'm sorry, I'm not a nerdy computer genius like you. I didn't know that for everyone the password was the same. Oh, what the hell, you still ask my ignorant ass, what's your name? And from that moment on, we took to dating. Sometimes, I mean, once in a while, as long as I wasn't busy and responded to your text, maybe. It was mysterious. I admit I left you curious. Let's take this thing right here slow. But as the months flew by, I found myself letting my restraints go. House. We wouldn't play that. House. 
in my head replaying all the sounds of liberation from when you took me to House in the Park. Let's leave it up to House in the Park as those DJs share tunes that were sure to spark. Love and unity and oneness and hope and faith and abundance. Somehow I'm loving you. How did I get here now? How could I allow you to break through my barriers and release my fear? How did this happen? Arrow wound is evidence left embedded on my heart. Now the tide turns, you show reluctance to being open to love. What sweet tragedy, wicked art. And Janet tried to warn me, she's the way love goes. Once you bear your soul and get naked, the other's ready to put on clothes. Stuck in love, when I don't even recall how I got all up in love in the first place. And when exactly did this happen? Was it a Wednesday or a Thursday? Roles reverse. Unable to keep my cool, I quench it, but I chose the thirst. And you, that was like three years ago, but you still refer to your divorce. I wish you had mentioned the trust issues before you let me fall for you. I wish you hadn't shown signs of insecurity before I gave my all to you. I wish I had sensed that your belief in God was dependent on mine. My mother told me to never love a man more than he loved me, so I was out of time. House, we wouldn't play that. House. I just left it up to the CD gifted to me by your best friend, the DJ, and I gave you so much leeway as we sat in IHOP right before pancakes while we pray. Should have prayed more. I'm gone and there's no turning back. I want more. I refuse to wait for you to love me. Now you love me. Now I'm your everything, nothing above me. It's like magic, but I admit it's pretty tragic because all of a sudden you want to commit to me when I'm no longer an addict. Why couldn't you just admit that I was the girl that made your heart smile and I was the girl that could take you that mile when I asked you if you loved me when I thought that I was losing you. I disappeared to find out you loved me all along, but those three little words eluded you. I never, ever meant to play house. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And it's something about uh, the relationship poems that really speak volumes and and speak about so many things that a lot of us have dealt with. You know, being in in relationships with people who you're like 1,000% committed to, um, yet they're not. You know they're they're not even on the same page as you as far as the full commitment and, and trying to adapt to people's ways and, and and different things that you experience in relationships and a lot of us believe that you know well we got to work on some things in relationships and sometimes we don't realize that some people have more work than what need more work than what we can give them you know right. um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and <laughs> so sure. and, 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 Especially for that piece that you talked about, you know, and all those things that go in hand with um, a relationship. And so what was that? I know you said it was from one of your old relationships, but what was that relationship like uh, for you? I mean, we can hear the different aspects of of things that you felt throughout that. So what was that relationship like for you? So um, I know you probably kept on hearing the reference to house, um, and that's, um, I met this guy on the house music scene, you know, and his he was friends oh. with a lot of house music DJs. So I did the okay. play on the word as in I didn't want to play house with him. Um, right. You know, I wanted um, yeah. 
really, you know, build towards something like a real healthy relationship yeah. to marriage and all of that. You know, I, I don't want to play house. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just a lot of um, insecurities on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he had a short man complex. He um mm-hmm. He had insecurities um, and trust issues because um, of his ex-wife. Just so Mm -hmm. many things that were brought to the relationship. Um, And I think that we weren't on the same page, you know. And I think that he really wanted me and wanted to express that to me. But he had a lot of fear um, and afraid of being hurt again, really, you know. And so Mm -hmm. he didn't Mm -hmm. That I needed the most when I needed it the most, you know, right, and it wasn't right. until I was born that he was actually able to express it. But it was kind of like it's too late, you know. Right. And I think right. it happens often, you know, where here I am, you know, I'm I'm so full of love and I'm so willing to give it, and mm. I'm caring for you, I'm loving you, I'm doing whatever it takes to make it work with you, but I'm um, mm-hmm. not getting that in reciprocation. Right. And you might have this these feelings for me, but you're not expressing them like you want to because you don't know. You really don't know how to act. You don't know, you know? Right. And, yeah. Um, so yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's one of the, the sad things because you, you sit there and you think like, okay, you know, you spend all this time with this person and, and you had every opportunity to I- express yourself. And, and the thing about, um, you know, people nowadays is I feel that people feel that expressing your feelings for someone or just letting someone know what you mean to them, you know, it, it almost comes off as if some type of sign of, of weakness or, you know, you, you, you're giving in or something. And so people just, oh, well, you know, you know how I mean, you know, or, or you know how I feel. And I'm like, no, I don't know how you feel, you know, <laughs> tell me exactly how you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, even putting it into uh, poetry, you know, you're able to go back and reflect and say, man, like, I'm just glad I'm I'm not in that type of relationship, you know, anymore, or I've I've surpassed that, you know. Like, have you been through that? Like, am I alone? Like, I don't know if... No, no, I I definitely have. And I definitely think that it's one of those situations. I had that situation happen to me um, maybe, oh, my gosh, years ago. And I had a guy who, um, like, when we dated in college and we was very serious and I felt like I was, you know, 1,000% committed to the relationship, um, but for him, getting him to express himself or or letting me know where this relationship is headed, you know, he never would do that. And so then later on he comes back, oh, man, maybe um, eight, ten years later and says, like, you oh, know, gosh. I apologize and I want you to forgive me and, you know, if if I could go back and do things over, I would change things. And I was just like, okay, I appreciate you your apology. You're such a good but... woman. <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm like, I appreciate your apology, but if I could go back and do things all over again, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you know, what happened between us happened for a reason. And it's sad that people just don't get it. 
you know, until they lose you, unfortunately, until you're no longer um, a part of their life, you know. And it's like, okay. I'm, you know, you're standing there before them the whole time, like, okay, talk to me, tell me, you know, let me know how you feel. And then it's like later on after you break up, then here comes the, oh, well, I really loved you and I really cared about you, you know. So. <laughs> Another one. And you're thinking, seven. like, where were these feelings and emotions like before? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. I, it's it's a, want oh, what they can have as well, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for you, uh, what is your most, I would say, what is your most challenging um, piece that you have written? Um. Wow. Most challenging. I actually um, most recently have written one. Um, called Somebody's Son. Um, this is one that I don't have memorized yet, but um, I think it could be really impactful once I do, um, you know, actually memorize it and perform mm-hmm. it on stage. Um, but, yeah, it's really um, personal, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would just have to share it with you. <laughs> so if uh, you allow me to do another uh, piece on your show today, then I'll uh, share it there. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, we can do that um, here shortly in a little bit. And so uh, do you find that in your poetry, do you have moments where you're thinking like, uh, maybe I shouldn't write about this? Maybe, you know, if, if I am discussing a certain one, they're going to kind of figure out I'm talking about them. Or do you just let it flow and and do your thing? I don't ever think I shouldn't write about this because when I'm yeah, writing, yeah. it's not really about anybody else, but me getting right. out my thoughts, how I'm feeling. Um, everything that I write is not meant to be shared. Um, a lot of things I am an open book, so a lot of things are. Um, I don't I really care too much about uh, being judged or um, like anything like that. I'm very vulnerable on stage. I'm very vulnerable on um, Facebook even, you know, um, when I write. So I don't really think about I shouldn't write this. Um, I write everything. I might not share some things, but, you know, I write right. everything. Yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. I never have that. Thought. Absolutely. 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 Because you never know, you know, the things that you express um, and you write, you never know how helpful they can be to someone who is listening. You know, just like you right. had the young lady, you know, share her personal story uh, with you about the things that happened in her childhood. So I think that, um, you know, you open yourself up to allow other people to uh, find that they're able to relate, you know, when other people have been through things and maybe even initially start a healing process for folks who do hear uh, certain pieces of your poetry. You're so right. I mean, that's another reason why I can't hold back, you know. Um, with what mm-hmm. I'm writing or what I'm sharing. Um, there's so many people who have been through similar situations that I've written about or, um, you know, stories that I tell. So how could I, you know, stifle my taste? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this wouldn't make absolutely. sense for me. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 
And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break, you guys. We're going to come back and we're going to find out what's in store uh, for Andrea in 2017, her upcoming projects. And we're going to get to hear um, another piece uh, from her, you guys. So you guys stay tuned. And after these commercials, we'll be right back with more Andrea Kitten Perry right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by Arthur Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com. creative work of the author Trent Williams of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his work available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly, and if you're out there and you're on the line and you have a question or a comment for Andrea, feel free to press 1, or you can call in 347-326-9139 is the number. Press 1. We'll be happy to bring you on the line. Uh, we appreciate all the callers on the line listening from all over. We thank you for taking the time to join us this evening with our special guest, um, Arthur Andrea Kitten Perry, you guys, and of course, uh, we are 
in 2017. We're almost into our third month of the year, Andrea. So tell us uh, what you got going on um, for for this year, upcoming projects and and tours and all those great things. Yes. Um, Well, right now uh, my main focus is really um, bringing – a poetry community to my uh, city. I'm from Stockton, California. Um, so I just want to bring like the dopeness of poetry here. Um, I have a couple of events coming up that I'm putting on. I actually have an open mic oh. that I'm starting the, tomorrow night, um, which I'll be doing every month. And then I also have a big um, show called The Vibe. And it's going to be a once a month, sh- once a month show out here um, starting April 13th. And I'll be featuring mm-hmm. um, different poets from around the country. So that should be really, really fun, a really, really great vibe for the city and for people just to realize how amazing poetry is. Um, I also have my book, of course. I'm still pushing that. I'm pushing it in the streets. I'm just pushing it online. It's on Amazon.com. But um, within the next month, it will be in Barnes & Noble and on Audible.com. I'll be um, working on my like recording it, so it should be available on audible.com as well. Um, I am actually writing another book right now, but it's going to take me a year to finish it. Um, so oh, wow. Yeah, out for that in 2018. Um, there's a process that I'm going through right now, um, you know, with the book, and yeah. that process is going to take a year. I can't really say too much about it, but I'm excited okay. about it, and just got to wait that long for it. But, yeah, I'm just awesome. um, really focusing on my city um, right now and just bringing poetry here. Um, it's been a while since West Coast, so um, mm-hmm. I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm really loving it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And tell the folks um, where they can actually go um, and purchase um, free. Um, so you can go to my website. It's www.andreakittenperry.com. My, my name, Andrea Kitten Perry, or you can go to amazon.com and just look up my name and it should be really easy to find. Um, also, you can follow me at Andrea Kitten on any social media network um, and just connect with me. Wonderful, wonderful. And um, of course, um, I asked uh, Andrea to do another piece for us uh, this evening. So what's uh, the piece you've selected for us? So this piece is called Somebody's Sign. You ready to hear it? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Somebody's we Sign. We are ready. When I was 12 years old, somebody's son crept into my bedroom and climbed to the top of my bunk bed while I lay asleep. With index finger to lip, he urged me to keep quiet as he thrust his body into mine and I didn't make a peep. Tearing away at my virginity with slow, experienced strokes of the only genius he had apparently been exposed to. And I kept quiet while somebody's son did exactly what he wasn't supposed to, exactly what he had no business doing. My summer school in between the 7th and 8th grade vagina wasn't ready for screwing. Yet night after night, he stripped away my innocence until there was nothing else there. 
And I began to think I was in love with somebody's son, but somebody's son didn't care. See, somebody's son was 16, and somebody's son was in high school. Somebody's son should have been a mentor, but instead he was interested in enrolling into my school to study all about the anatomy of my private spots. What should have been kept private was not. By the time my mother talked to us about having sex, it was already too late. I had already had sex. I had already involuntarily participated in the act that has now given me a complex. I had never thought about having intercourse until somebody's son started humping me. And we would engage in the act at all costs, even though my goodies were like something free. And somebody's son should have been like my older brother. But instead, he was fingering me under the cover in the living room on the couch while watching SpongeBob right next to his mother. You could hear the sounds of cotton balls falling on feathers through the silence. You could see the size of mustard seeds in the way folks turned a blind eye to this form of sexual violence. No matter how you look at it, my vagina just wasn't ready for this ride, didn't deserve this type of mileage. I wish I had known back then that my body was a gift from God and that it was only mine. I wish I wasn't so naive to assume he must have been right because he was fine. I wish my big sister had schooled me on sex like she talks to me about not doing drugs. I wish my daddy was there so he could show me fatherly love. I wish somebody's son had been brought up to understand what consent is and what it is not. I wish I hadn't been so quiet, wish I would have said no, wish I would have fought. What gets me is that I'm 29 years old and still no one in my family knows how I lost my virginity. How I tried to find it between my twin size sheets and mattress only to realize that it was stolen from me. I was robbed, thieved, looted, penetrated, fucked, statutory raped, all because somebody's son didn't understand what consent was. And that a 12-year-old wasn't an old enough or mature enough to give it. But not my son. My son will know what consent is. My son will know what consent ain't. My son will know that no means no. My son will learn to read body language and be able to sense a low comfort level. My son will know when to keep his hands to himself. My son will not touch what he doesn't have permission to touch. My son will respect his body and others' face. My son will treat every girl like a princess and every woman as a queen. My son will not slut shame. My son will not manipulate. My son will understand when a girl changes her mind. My son will not think because he's had it once that it's his all the time. My son will not assume that a kiss automatically leads to sex. My son will communicate. My son will ask questions. My son will stop when asked to or when told to. My son will make sure it's okay first. My son will not ignore the signs. My son will acknowledge when he is rejected and accepted. My son will make no assumptions. My son will not intimidate. My son will not exercise peer pressure. My son will remain above the influence. My son will not need to persuade. I will teach him right. Maybe somebody else's son but not my son. Somebody's son. Wow. Amazing piece. Amazing, amazing piece. And so I think sometimes like um go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just saying like so many times um we don't realize um Mm -hmm. that you know we can start talking to our children at a young age, Mm -hmm. like a very young Mm -hmm. age about things like this. You know, a lot of times children don't know and a lot of times um the reason why um kids are having sex early is because 
another child has been exposed to it and another child is right. doing it, you know? Um, right. So, I mean, I just say it's it's never too early. If you can talk to your child about most things in the world, you can talk to your child about sex. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think that, especially in today's time, if you don't talk to your kids about sex, somebody else will or they will get misinformation, you know, from somebody else or somewhere else. Social media, the Internet, you name it, um, or just people who just don't have any knowledge of it. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. And and, and that's the downfall is that – um, a lot of people don't want to have those conversations because, like you said, you know, oh, I don't want to, you know, talk to my kids about certain things. And then that's what happens is that these kids end up experimenting. And one of the, the shocking things, I, I have a friend who <clears throat> is a nurse, and she talks about the amazing incline and increase of young teenagers ages 12, you know, 12, some at 11, coming in mm-hmm. with STDs because, mm. you know, it's that thing mm. of, okay, well, we're just playing around and, and everybody's doing everything and nobody's being educated. Nobody's being informed. Nobody's parents are having this talk with them. And, and it's kind of like you said, because everybody else is having sex, uh, whether that's, um, you know, old-fashioned sex or whether it's oral sex because a lot of times people, you know, they they think, okay, as long as I'm doing oral sex, I'm all right, you know, but they don't realize, you know, that can get you um, into a lot of situations as well. And so I think now, we we, like you said, we we just have to get to a point where we have those conversations with our kids and and, and not be timid about it. Absolutely. I just want to shout you out real quick, Miss Bianca Fly, because you're like a, a marketing machine. I see I'm on Facebook logs on right now. I see making posts as we're live on the show, and I just want to commend you for that. You have you got skill, girl. I'm like, how is she doing all this <laughs> right now? Very good. Well, thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and I'm just honored that, um, you know, you came on the show tonight, and um, I will have to say that your your work is amazing. Um, And I love the various um, subjects that you touch on because they come from realness, you know, and I think anytime you come for realness um, is when the message is able to come across in a fashion that it was supposed to be. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what more uh, you have in store for you and, and all those great things. Thank you so much. I'm I'm excited as well, and I'm so honored that you even considered, like, having me on your show. Like, this is so Absolutely. great. It's so exciting. <laughs> Um, yeah, you you're just you're a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. And uh do you have any any um final words or thoughts you want to share with the listeners out here? Um I just I want to say um do you be you and be free. That's my model. Mm-hmm. Do you be you and be free. And, you know, one more thing, I think my sister yeah. is going to be on the show, and 
a couple of weeks. So that's really exciting as well. Onisha Love with Awakened Yes, Flowers. Onisha. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. She'll be on here real soon. Yeah. Yes. So you have two Absolutely. sisters that are entrepreneurs. We're, you know, trying to make our way in this world. And she's a free spirit as well. Yes, yes, I love, I love her energy. Um, I love her energy, and I get my laughs and my and my humor uh, from your posts as well. And I'm telling you, it's been some days where the day has been long and rough, and then I go and read one of your status, and I'm like cracking up, like, oh my gosh, this is like the funniest thing I've read. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm definitely glad I've connected with both of you guys, and uh, once again. Um, definitely appreciate you coming on here. You guys make sure you go and um, connect uh, with Andrea. Um, I'll be posting um, her website information um, and Amazon link so you guys can go and purchase her book. And definitely um, hope you'll come back on here again and visit and talk with us again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. You are welcome. You are welcome. And I hope you have a, a great rest of your day, and I'll be talking with you again soon. All right. Have a great evening. You too. I have a face. All right, you guys, that was Andrea Keaton Perry, you guys, author of Free, Poetry, Commentary, and Dialogue of a Free Spirit. And I will be sharing uh, that information, the link, and all those great things. And make sure you guys connect with her. Get her uh, booked in your city. Uh, we have poets out here. They are entrepreneurs. They work hard, you guys. So get connect with her. If you got um, a venue or an event, uh, book her for your city so that she can come and spread her words and her passion, and just overall enthusiasm with you guys. And so uh, what we're going to do, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here, but I hope you guys will come back again this Thursday um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. we got best-selling author Norma Jarrett in the building. She um, originally wrote um, Sunday Brunch novels, so she's coming on, and we're going to be talking about her new book um, entitled, entitled Salt and Sky. Uh, so make sure you guys come and join us this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And so once again, big shout out to Andrea Kitten and Perry, you guys, for coming on. I definitely appreciate you and your energy um, and all those great things. So we're going to get ready to get out of here, you guys. I'll see you Thursday. I am Bianca Fly. Have a good evening. Waiting in the clinic, silence. That shh. Don't tell nobody what we did, silence. And I'm so tired of being your hamper that I'm going to have to dump out those weak old ketchup stained secrets and do laundry in that silence. You like keeping it quiet. But my vagina is not your walk-in closet. You want to stuff your unmentionables through me, want a place to hang up your insecurities, want me to keep taking up your hand-me-downs and Prada, women for every occasion to put me back behind closed doors in the darkness, nobody knows you hold my hand, nobody knows I call you baby, and nobody knows you write anonymous poems about me, the type you can't post on Facebook, because regardless of what you may think I'm worth, or what you may think I deserve, I will never be that girl. The girl's only allowed to make you smile when she's making you orgasm. Nobody would know that it was still about me, living in your heart and in your mind.
again. It comes when you lower your head and pass by without speaking. And I remember there was a time when you could barely take your eyes off me. I just don't understand why it's not okay for you to love me. I guess you just want me to be that girl. The girl who everyone wants to sleep with, but no one wants to be with. That girl, only good enough for finding a suitable replacement. And I tried to make up for the mistakes, but you convince yourself that she means everything, and you want nothing to do with me. But come on, baby, she looks just like me. Read the signs, or at least if not the facial features, because I was your first, your only, the prototype, and she's just a duplicate. And you can never make copies without first consulting the blueprint. You know what they say. You know what they say. The sequel's never better than the original. And she tries to write you stories, but you know they're only half as good. So have squinting. You only hold her half as tight as you should, because your other half is tangled within my bed sheets, and your other half is complete within my mind, soul, and body, and your other half is French tonguing me Monday through Friday. I'm not fighting for joint custody. I'm fighting for respect. Because I'll never be content with being your backdoor hoe, your something on the side, your something to do during those lonely nights, your closet freak. You will never reduce me to a skank and a whore. And though I love you, I'd rather spend every night crying alone on my bedroom floor than ever be that girl. This piece. This piece be for all the lyrics that when put together made beautiful sounds, but made the assumption that nobody heard them. Well, I want you to know that I heard you. I heard you lyrics. I heard you through concrete walls, roach-infested halls. I heard you through mama sobs of praying to the Lord not to take her baby away. I heard you through lonely, cold nights, and I didn't ignore your pleas just because there was no drama in my life because to me, your melody was still beautiful. No matter how it was brought forth and it needed to be heard because everybody got a song that needs to be sung from the man on Fifth Street who's singing the blues to the motherless child whose life has been cruel. Even those who go to sleep hungry at night and them lyrics right there, them lyrics right there sometimes just don't sound quite right. But I heard you. I heard you through tracks that ran up and down arms from getting high in the middle of the night, from lies that caused you to be tongue-tied, from scratches on his back from making sweet love for the very first time. I, I even heard a couple that prayed together with a combination of baritone and alto giving a perfect pitch. So for all the lyrics who thought no one heard you, for all the lyrics who thought no one heard you, know that I heard you. I heard you coming from alleyways. I heard you through babies left in trash cans, from long bus rides home so you can embrace loving arms, from hearts that beat irregular to generational curses that went unseen. Remember, I heard you because everybody got a song that needs to be sung for lyrics that were cased in bars and prisoned by a system that refused to believe that they were stars from outcries that were felt in the pit of your soul. You see, I heard the beauty of a story that went untold. So if nobody did or ever wanted to, remember, I listen just for you. Remember, I heard you lyrics. 
Because everybody has a song that needs to be sung. Radio Network.